He feels more like a warrior now more than ever to me after what happened in the playoffs. My expectations are he will win Rookie of the Year. My expectations are he will average close to 20 points his rookie season. And my expectations are he will have one offensive and one defensive highlight on average a game. With the hype that this kid has, yep. he's got to be Magic Johnson. He has to be LeBron James because that's the kind of attention, that's the kind of hype is surrounding him. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Kevin Durant, one of the biggest names on the free agent market. Woj reports that KD is, quote, doing a lot of soul searching right now. He could return to the Warriors for about an extra $60 million plus another year on the contract. But Knicks and Nets are also in the fight for the two-time NBA champ. KD, of course, expected to miss the entire next season with that ruptured Achilles. We are joined by FS1 NBA analyst Chris Broussard. Good morning. What do you think KD's going to do here? All right, bear with me as I break this down. Soul searching is the, the right word because I, I think more than most free agent decisions, this is really about Kevin Durant's soul. Like, this isn't just a basketball decision to me. If it's just basketball, stay in Golden State, mm -hmm. you know, if that's all it's about. But this is really about soul searching. So he has to search, why was I strongly considering leaving the Warriors in the first season, all season? Okay, if it was just because of the narrative that you're a front runner, that you got easy rings, that you join this juggernaut, that narrative has dissipated tremendously, right? With what we saw in the playoffs. If it's because you did, you know, I'll never truly be a warrior, he feels more like a warrior now more than ever to me after what happened in the playoffs. So if that was the only reason or 95% of the reason you were leaving, then just stay. You also have to look at, though, how do you feel about their trainers now? Do you feel misled? Do you feel like you can trust them? You know, that, that Joe Lacob, the owner, came out during the playoffs in this Western Conference playoffs and said, you'll see Kevin Durant in the finals. Was that undue pressure put on you? You know, so he has to look at that. Uh, then you go to Brooklyn. Now, I know Kyrie Irving is recruiting him hard, and they're good friends, and they... I thought the plan all year was for them to join each other with the Knicks. But every, now around the league, the word is Kyrie is it's essentially a done deal. He's going to Brooklyn. And he's trying to get KD there. And I tell you what, they have a lot to offer. I mean, they've got a great backcourt, especially with Kyrie, but you got Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. You got Jared Allen, a shot blocker. There's talk they're trying to get Clint Capella. They would give up Allen, but you get Clint Capella there. You put KD in there? Oh, they're a contender. They are a championship contender. And they got one of the best training staffs now in the league. It's twice as big as many teams. It's got people from different parts of the world. And Martin O'Malley, who did the surgery on KD, he is did. the Nets team doctor. Yep, so there's all of that. And you could come back from the Achilles in New York, so you get all the benefit of what New York City gives you without at least all of the pressure you would get by being a Nick. Now, with the Knicks, I definitely think that was the plan. He was going there. 
But at this point, and and look, I, I love for the Knicks to be good too, but who who are you going there with? If Kyrie doesn't go there with you, is it enough to go there with Jimmy Butler? I don't know if Kimba Walker will even go there because he might stay in Charlotte. And what star is going to want to go there and take their lumps for a year, which they will. They'll get killed for a year. They won't be any good. You'll be struck. The star won't be able to carry him as he waits for KD to get healthy. I think the all that considered, the best move for KD is to opt in and stay in Golden State this Mm-mm. one year. And here's why. Those max offers aren't going anywhere. If they're willing to max you out now, knowing you're going to be out all year, they'll max you next summer without seeing you play first. So you can get a lay of the land. What does Brooklyn look like? Does New York get somebody? Is the door open? Does Golden State really look bad without me? Now I could just stay here like... You, the Clippers, I mean, you can really sit back and watch and get a better view of where you might want to go if you just wait for a year. The in-depth soul searching that he's doing now. Had he not suffered this injury, would he be doing it? Probably not as much. I mean, you I think he would. So because but what's that mean? But my, I mean point, my point is, go with your option that you had already made up at New the York? beginning of the year. Whatever the decision. By yourself, New York. But hold on. He was without. So did he? He was gonna go with Kyrie. What if Kyrie doesn't go? Go to New York by himself and risk coming back not quite a hundred percent, and then you can't lead him to a championship. Whoa. That's not gonna help one iota. My thing is, is that when I look at KD, I think what he should do is opt out, do a two for one. Next year is gonna be null and void, so you get two years. So the second year is that you play. And so now you have the player option in year three, and now you same thing. You can get the lay of the land. So take the two and one where? With no, Golden State? Yeah, with Golden okay. State, yes. See, my thing is, for me, I believe at the beginning of the year he had made up in his mind, I'm leaving Golden State. Uh, win, lose, or draw. But he didn't envision this scenario, obviously, tearing his Achilles tendon. So now it forces him, man, what if I'm not that same KD? Not being the same KD is okay if you're in Golden State. Right. Because you got Steph, you got Clay, you got Draymond that can mask some things. Mm-hmm. You're not that same KD you in New York. Everybody see, I told you. I told you, see. Right. You're not that same KD in Brooklyn. See, I told you. Mm-hmm. All those things, Skip, I don't care what anybody says. When you have a, 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 a horrific injury like this, there are questions in the back of your mind. Will I ever be that guy again? Especially when you've been, I mean, you know, look, if you're not that guy, Kevin Durant has a chance to be a top 10 player before this injury. He had an outside chance of being the all-time leading scorer. I don't know if he can get there now with this injury. So in the back of his mind, am I ever going to be Kevin Durant? You know, I'm Mm. Kevin Durant. Skip, Mm. you know who I am, right? Mm. Is he ever going to be that guy again? Mm. Those are questions. That's that's the soul searching. Mm. That's a part of his decision making. Mm. For me, if I were Kevin Durant, <laughs> I wouldn't be searching my soul. I'd be listening to my better judgment. My better judgment would be screaming, "You have to tell Kyrie we are going to the Knicks." That's it. <laughs> Period. End of story. You're telling Kyrie we are going to the Knicks, and you are going to suck it up, and you're going to take some beating next take year. Take some heat. Till I get back. And you will, but you're going to have to, to muddle through because then we're going to win a championship. And we might win a couple of championships because Kevin Durant has one way out to flip the script. 
of what happened when he left Russell Westbrook to join forces with the 73 and 19. He can say, I went to New York and I did something that hasn't been done for 46 going on now, 47 years. You know it well because you covered that team. You know what that building feels like. You know that every opposing star wants to have his game of the year in that building. (laughs) Kevin Durant could have 41 games of the year in that building. And I remind everyone, since his rookie year, he has the highest opponent scoring average in that building. Opponent scoring average. He's averaged 32 a game. He had a 44-point game and a 41-point game. He has made 45% of his threes in nine games at Madison Square Garden. He likes the shooting background. (laughs) He likes the feel. There's nothing like winning in New York City. You know this, and I know this. I I respect Brooklyn. You're exactly right. Everything's in place in Brooklyn. The management structure, the coaching staff, it's all in place. There are better pieces to the puzzle. Mm -hmm. But, hey, if you can go pull it off in New York, it's a legacy move. It's, It's your greatest challenge, and it would become your greatest achievement, and it would undercut and cancel all the negativity that you took for going to Golden State. You've done Golden State. You've been there and you've done all that. And is there soul searching about, will I be the same guy? I just believe he will be, but who knows? I mean, God only knows on yeah. that one. I don't you know. That Achilles that. That's I know, a tough one. I know. It's a tough one. But we'll see. I, I, think he can, I think he can be Kevin Durant again. He would be playing at age 32. That would be good. He's not going to play again until he's yeah. 32. Yeah. His Look, I, I'm not a doctor, but just looking at his build, he's yeah. not heavy like DeMarcus Cousins or yeah. Elton Brand. Where you yeah, know that could true. be affected. His he's seven feet tall with yeah. a high lift on his jump shot. Like that's not going away. So even if he loses a little athleticism, which I guess he probably will, mm-hmm. he's still going to be a, a great player. It's a big risk though, because what if Golden State this year, Clay comes back in March and they get beat in the second round, and then if KD were to come back the next year and they win the championship, like I I just think he could. Re- rewrite his legacy. rebrand Right, in, in Golden State. It'd be better if he could do it in New York, but it's a risk. Like, even Kevin Durant at his absolute best, say he never got injured, it's still, we still don't know if he could go to his own team and lead him to a title. And that's the Because he had a lot of great help in that's Oklahoma City. That's yeah. the point. And so it's a risk. Okay. I could stay in Golden State, maybe finish my career with five or six rings. Right. Five rings, whatever. But let me ask you a question. If he stays there, and this is what Skip and I said, what's that going to tell us? If Kevin Durant wins another title in Golden State, what would that tell you what you, that, that you don't already know about him? You're right. right. You're right. What, what if he won in spite of James Dolan, the worst owner in all of pro sports? What if he won a championship? To your point, the highest reward... Mm-hmm. Is the Knicks. It's actually highest risk, highest reward. Yes. No question, it's highest reward. All right. Do it, Kevin. Have the gun. (laughs) Anthony Davis is not the only big name on the move this offseason. Mike Conley was reportedly traded to the Jazz yesterday for multiple players. Conley leaves Memphis as the franchise's all-time leader in points and assists. ESPN's Brian Windhorst praised the deal, calling it, quote, a trade that rocked the NBA. Before mm. the move, the Jazz had the second highest over-under in the West, only trailing the Lakers. Mm, you guys laugh. Yeah, I sure Everybody laughed. laughed. Sure I'm, I'm not <laughs> laughing at my friend Brian Windhorst. <laughs> I'm not laughing. Well, Chris, what do you think? Are the Jazz now the biggest threat to the Lakers in the West? Skip Bayless, mm. I hate to tell you this because mm. I sense where you're going. Mm-hmm. 
Malone and Stockton are not walking through that door. Mm, okay? No. This was a good move for the Jazz. Yes. Mm. And definitely an upgrade. I really like Slight. Mike Conley. I think he's been one of the... He'll go down as one of the best guards never to make an all-star team. You know, assuming he doesn't make one in the He future. not. He just might he probably make one in the West. Year. In the yeah. West is tough. That's know. been who his problem. Getting, who who are you getting know. over? Right. It's know. too many guards out West. Mm. But let's look at this beat. Let's keep it real. He's in his 13th year. Mm -hmm. He's six feet one, which the smaller guys, you know, they don't play as long other than John Stockton, ironically. Mm -hmm. He's only played 70 or more games in one of the last four seasons. He's True. been a bit injury prone. It was last season. And he had a great year. I, again, I think it's an upgrade. I think they're going to be tenacious defensively because they already were the second best mm -hmm. defense in the league. Yes. Now you got Rudy Gobert backing him up and, yep. and Conley at the point of attack. Yep. I like them. But let's be, the last time we saw them, they were getting hammered in five games by Houston, mm. which we know, if you believe the reports, Houston was having all types of chemistry problems between Harden and Chris Paul. So as far as are they the biggest threat to the Lakers, I've still got the Lakers ahead of them. I've got the Clippers, if they get Kawhi, ahead of them. I've got Houston, with all the turmoil, Houston still ahead of them. I got Denver slightly ahead of them. Mm -hmm. And if Klay Thompson is close to 100% by playoff time, I've got Golden State ahead of him, too. Mm. So I like him as an upgrade, but I'm not going to overreact. Mm. Jen, what, what did the horse say? The, uh, the shake-up? What, what the... Rock to the NBA. Mm. Really, Skip? Yep. <laughs> really? Mike Conley, rock the NBA. <laughs> yep. It is something. People act, like hyperbole there. People may act like Mike Conley, Magic Johnson. Skip, the guy averaged for a career, 15 points, Six, no, 15.6 assists. Did you know Ricky Rubio was 11 points, eight assists for a career average? So we talk about upgrade. Y'all make it seem like it's like the Grand Canyon. Mm. It's a slight, it's a marginal upgrade. Mm. Really? Mm. So now all of a sudden, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, or Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, better than AD and LeBron. Mm. You need to stop this. Mm. Bro, I can't even believe I can't even believe B Dub put this out there. Brian Wynn put this out there like that. Oh, now you're calling B I'm calling B Dub. Yeah. You're ridiculed. B Dub. You're the first to call him that. Yeah. First of all, Donovan Mitchell is a volume shooter. Rudy Gobert is basically an old school, old school true five. Mm. He ain't stepping outside. He's not shooting the three. He's gonna block some shots. He's gonna mm. play around the paint. That's what he's gonna do. Mm. But OAD will pull him out that paint, drop the threes on him, put the mid-range. And what are they going to do with Brian? Mm. You going to put Derek Favors on him? Mm. They'll trade him, Drake Crowder. Mm. What y'all going to do? I mean, who y'all going to play? Well, you don't have to do anything with Brian when he's hurt. Oh, then Brian ain't going to be <laughs> There you go. This is not no, no seismic shift right, in the West. Right. It's not that, yes, it's okay, Mike Conley. Tell me when it's my turn. It's your turn, Thank but you. you ought to stop. This was a seismic <laughs> rock the world of basketball. You know, you guys laugh. Mike Conley, to me, is the most underrated point guard in NBA history. History. Show me one more under. Derek Harper? Derek, I covered Derek Harper. I watched him. Very, you don't think they were similar? No. Did I, I hey, agree with that. Hey, Mike Conley is clutch. I, I can't tell you. You guys haven't watched the Spurs like I have, but it seemed like every year they had to play Memphis in the postseason. And I would just live in fear of Mike Conley Jr. because every time he had the ball in a clutch situation, he pulled off another shot. Oh yeah, he, he can make pick, threes, pick he roll. can make floaters. He, yes. he shoots the most incredible running floater. I don't even know how, yeah. and he can shoot. He's ambidextrous. He can shoot right-handed, and he is left-handed. Mm -hmm. 
He can distribute. He makes everybody better. He's high-quality, high-character leader. It's exactly what they didn't yeah. have in Ricky Rubio. No, no offense to Ricky Rubio, but, but this guy is much better intangibly and tangibly than Ricky Rubio. And I'm going to remind you, Utah won 50 games last year. Utah had the second-best defensive efficiency rating in the NBA. Utah had the second-best point differential, just your points scored versus against, in the West to Golden State. Second-best. They were a really good team that fell on their face because Ricky Rubio is not Mike Conley. That's what happened against Houston. You didn't have Mike Conley. Oh, really? But they still got big pieces because Donovan Mitchell, he didn't have the impact he had as a rookie when he should have won Rookie of the Year. No but his, his numbers actually went up. His points went up from 21 to 24, and his three-point shooting went from 34 to 36%. He just didn't have so the So did the impact. volume of shots okay. went up, too. Right. He became a volume okay. shooter. He did, but watch what happens with Mike Conley Jr. Watch how they vibe off each other. Watch what Conley can teach this kid how to play NBA basketball, how to, to maximize your, your talent, which is off the charts. Donovan Mitchell is 22 years of well, age. Well, how about this? Watch. Is Rudy, watch what is happens. Is Rudy Gobert going to develop an outside shot? Because well, Mike Conley is a pick-and-roll point guard. Is, is Rudy, he, is Rudy he, Gobert going to win another defensive player of the year? He just might. They he also gave up a lot of their shooting. Okay. No, they still yeah. have Joe Ingles. Hey, Joe Ingles is actually a good He's shooter. a 41% Yeah, I, I like shooter. Ingles. Okay. He got a little swag And to he's him got too. a little chip right, on his right. shoulder. I like well, him. But, but who else can shoot? Okay. They gave up Corver. They gave up Crowder. Okay, but when you have Derek Favors and Gobert down low, you just cause problems for people. It's just hard you to gotta get You got to be able to shoot. Okay. And they don't have that. Mike Conley can shoot it. So where are they? So you, yeah. what, they're, they're uh, better than the Lakers? They're a contender to win if, it all now? If they stay healthy, they're, they're a co-favorite with the Lakers. They don't co-nothing. Wow. What? Yeah. And wow. they might dethrone the Lakers because the Lakers feel like they already won next year's championship. <laughs> no. It's already been given to them, so right? how are you putting yeah, them Are they going to have a parade before the year starts? Mm-mm. I don't know. Maybe. How are you putting them ahead of Houston? Well, I don't know what Houston – How what's Houston going to wind up with? Like, it's hard to discuss this right now because a thousand dominoes are about to fall. But this was the first response shot fired in the West to the AD trade. The first response wow. shot. Mike and Conley it was a big AD. one. Yeah. <laughs> Who you think got a better laugh, idea? Laugh. Mike Conley. Okay, so who who laugh. got a better idea? I want idea? you to laugh. I'm laughing. Because uh, I'm a, we get you, you know, this is going on tape. I just want you to know Mike Conley. That's some bull jazz. Yeah. Yeah, that's because, what that is. Look, it, it's a nice deal. I hey. like it. And I like Mike Conley a lot. Like you say high character. Everything. He is. But I like AD. That's yeah. high player. Yeah. High quality, great yeah. human being. Yeah, what now. was he like? 40 games under 500 in New Orleans? No offense, Jim, but come on. I, I bet really? he'll be I bet he'll be 40 <laughs> games over 500. Uh. In the okay. next two years, he beat that. That's what he told me. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh, interesting. And LeBron's going to play. Does, does, there's this thing called defense. Is he going to play? Seventy going to play about seventy games. Really? How about that? Can I interview well, you that? Can tell me. You, he can't go sit in that chair in year seventeen. No, he's so not. He can't play defense. No, he's not going to okay. sit in the chair. Well, I'm One glad they, Wait a second. I'm glad they kept Kuzma because now Kuzma can shove LeBron <laughs> out to to cover the three point shooters. But see, we right. Will- Shove you, the old what, man. You got to shove him. They have Pete Bev coming defense. in. Hey, hey, Patrick Beverly. Shove you have Javale. You're gonna bring bring Javale back and AD. Mm. Get to the rim if you want to. Mm. Yeah, well, that's be scary. Much improved defensively. Yeah, I'll take Gobert over those two. Over what rim, two? Rim protection. Come on, seriously. Now he looks great. Now he looks good. He's more versatile. Now he is more versatile, but AD's like 6'10, right? 6'10. And JaVale, you remember JaVale just dunking on on Gobert's head last year? Oh, did he? Dunking on his head. Oh, I I remember that. He body bagged. Yeah. Oh, you know know about that. Nurk is coming back to get somebody else. Well, Gobert is coming back from the dead next year. (laughs) I I just think he will. Man, you know. You know what? 
This was a this was a sweet little move, and you can laugh all you want. Skip, that's Watch. not skip. This is not a game changer. Yeah, no, it's yeah, a slight it's, it's a, a slight changer. upgrade. No, it's not. Yeah, they'll win at, more than fifty games. And at it just best, they're problems. Denver. At best, they're Denver. Mm. At best, now they're better. Zion Williamson. <gasps> Let's go, Zion. Draft, of course, tonight and. Shouldn't come as a huge shock. Zion expected to go number one overall to the Pelicans after an incredible freshman campaign at Duke. Zion is the most hyped prospect since LeBron James, but all that hype, that doesn't get to him. I don't really see it as pressure. Um, I'm doing what I love to do, and that's play basketball. Um, and I don't try to live up to nobody's expectations. They can set them there, but I don't try to live up to them. I'm, I just be me try to be the best version of myself I can be. So, CC, you, you like what Zion has to say there, mm -hmm. but what are the expectations for him? I mean, the expectations, anytime you get a rare, rare talent like him, the expectations, they're, they're typically always unrealistic. But what we've done is, in following sports long enough, the greatest players, they always live up to it or do beyond. I remember when I was a young, young kid, I went down to Cincinnati, Ohio, to watch the All-American high school basketball game. And there was a guy in the game, his name was Moses Malone. Oh. And I was like, how's he going to play pro basketball? He's not a seven-footer. They were like, Moses, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, grab every rebound, could score 25 to 30 points every night. I was like, wow. So then through the years, I just started trying to adjust my eye to special, special, talented players. There is no one in the NBA like Zion. So what would my expectations be? Man, they're not going to be realistic, but this kid is very, very rare. At 6'7", 285, the way he can get off the floor with the way we like exciting things, the high flyer, now with the lob, as easy as it is to get the lobs now, it's, it, everyone on the court can throw a lob. I think he's going to be a special player. I think one day he's going to be an MVP candidate, but he's the combination of a lot of guys that I've seen. And I've been watching basketball so long, so I'd have to go back. It's easy to compare him to Charles Barkley. But he's a better athlete than Charles Barkley. And at this point in his career, probably can shoot better than Charles could. So we know on the defensive end, he's going to be an excellent player. But I'm just going to name a few players because he's the combination of Draymond Green, Ben Simmons, Julius Randle, and um, Blake Griffin. All those players. But I just believe he's going to be special on the defensive end. I think people are underestimating when he gets in the NBA, his ability to switch one through five with Sarah, you know, right now in the NBA, if you can't do that, you're immediate liability. His second bounce, his second jump is maybe one of the best. David Thompson, Michael Jordan, one of the best second jumps I've ever seen. So I just expect, I expect him to be special on the defensive end immediately. He's going to be special in transition. I believe he has the type of personality. He's just a young country boy. He's a sponge to information. But the last thing, and I believe this is very, very important. The Bible says a good name is better than silver and gold. How would you like to be have his ability and be named Zion? Zion. It, it, there's certain sometimes in sports, yep. see, guys have the right face or they have the right name, and it just kind of fits with oh, they're supposed to be a star. Yeah, OBJ like, when he calls me complaining all the time with his good looking self, right? And I, it, all like, the ability that he has. You yeah. look at Odell Beckham, you're like, okay, well, you were going to be famous for something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Zion Williamson. It, it's the, the the name fits, the body fits, and the game fits. Listen, we've. 
It is not hyperbole to say we've never seen a Zion before, which is why the comps are so hard. You went with a handful of contemporary players. Historically, you're, you, you, people bring up Barkley with Sean Kemp's leaping, LeBron's body, not the, not the ability to be those players instantaneously or necessarily mm -hmm. ever, but you almost have to Frankenstein's monster this thing. You have, to, mm -hmm. you have to build the guy from traits of other people. What are my expectations? My expectations are he will win Rookie of the Year. My expectations are he will average close to 20 points his rookie season. And my expectations are he will have one offensive and one defensive highlight on average a game. One play where it's like, how did he get out to block that shot? And how did he catch that alley-oop? And this is where even though right around the time of the lottery, people are talking about, is Zion disappointed? Does he not want to be there? Could he go back to Duke? I'm so happy he landed in New Orleans for a number of reasons. One is stylistically. Gentry wants to run. Mm -hmm. Go, go, go. And now with the Anthony Davis trade, they have Lonzo Ball, who will want to run with him. They will have Brandon Ingram, who will want to run with him. But the other reason I'm happy he's in New Orleans and that he's not going to be a part of a trade, he's not going to end up in New York City where they were going to try to be competing for a playoff spot or a championship this year pre-Kevin Durant injury, is he does have obvious holes in his game. Mm -hmm. And if he were... I don't want him to have to deal with what a player as developed and as great as Giannis dealt with in the playoffs this year, which was everyone saying, oh, this is how you guard him. Yeah, they make this you is look how bad. you stop him. Yes. Ben Simmons would probably be much less criticized if he'd been playing on the Phoenix Suns. Yes. Because we would have seen him in the playoffs yeah, where teams point. try to break down mm -hmm. what he can't do. You look at his shot chart from Duke. The guy just simply refuses, understandably, to take mid-range shots. It is everything within five feet of the rim and three-pointers because he hasn't developed it yet, and that's fine. That will come along. But if you, can, if you can get six to eight points on dunks or putbacks, six to eight points in transition, now you only need to make a couple in the half-court plays all game to get to your 18 to 20 points. I think he can have a similar season that Blake Griffin had his first year in the, well, his second year out of college, his first mm -hmm. year playing. And that's my expectation for a guy that, to me, is a generational athlete. And we'll see if that turns into a generational basketball player at this level. I'm glad you brought up New Orleans and the fit and see. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what you think about the fact that, you know, when a team has a number one overall pick, sometimes the roster that they're going to, the personnel they have, mm -hmm. is, is not always one that fortifies their game. What do you see? And we'll see what moves David Griffin makes as we continue on throughout the course of this offseason. But playing with guys like Lonzo Ball, if Drew Holiday is there, how he yes. plays Brandon Ingram, just the group that is around him, the youth of the group and how he can grow with that. I think it's a very good mix. I think he's very, very fortunate. A lot of times we've seen some of our best players, they get into a situation where from a front office standpoint, both of you mentioned one person, David Griffin, I believe is very important because right now you could see with the Anthony Davis trade, he's trying to develop this roster. And Zion's not going to be asked to do things that he can't do. So I feel very comfortable the people that are controlling his career. You talked about Gentry as a coach. Man, we saw the night of the lottery. He was excited. He know what he won. He didn't win the first pick. No, he won the chance to coach Zion Williamson. So the style of play, 
So I think that they're not going to put too much pressure on him. They're going to put him in a winning situation. So those things, I believe, help make the best players when they're surrounded and they don't have to do things they can't do early. The supporting cast that they have there, I believe, is critical. And we as basketball fans are all so fortunate that New Orleans went out and hired David Griffin because we have there guys can be can't miss ish. But we don't get mm -hmm. to see their full breadth of potential because their teams can't get out of their own way. I would argue that's what happened with Anthony Davis. Everyone knew how good he was, but the team tried to microwave the process, tried to immediately contend because he was so good instantly, and that deprived us of the ability to see Anthony Davis on the big playoff stage repeatedly. Mm -hmm. David Griffin is not going to make that mistake. He knows what I know, which is... The number one goal, every decision you make for the New Orleans Pelicans over the next three to five years has to relate to Zion Williamson in some way. How does this affect Zion? Is this good for Zion? Does this help him reach his full potential? Because if he reaches his full potential, he is a league MVP at one point in time. He is one of those guys that can be one of the seven difference makers in the league. And it's now up to Zion, of course, and the people surrounding him, the grown-ups in the room, to put him in the best situation for that to for that to actually come to place. I believe that's what will happen in New Orleans. It's going to be a really special night tonight. Zion Williamson, pretty much a guarantee to be the number one pick in tonight's draft if Griff wants to keep his job and not head back to NBA TV. <laughs> Shannon, when you look at this young man's future, do you see him becoming a superstar, a star, or just a starter? Yeah, you've been saying Zion with a little bit more pep in your step, a little more perm. You think you how you talking about that, Skip? It's draft day. Right. Yeah. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Skip, I know you're going to be upset, but I'm sorry. I see him as a star. Like in the middle, somewhere. Yes. Um, I think he'll be a good player. But Skip, he's getting magic. Since I've followed the NBA and I go back to magic, magic rookie year, coming forward, that's been 40 years, Skip. Only two people have garnered this kind of attention that I can recall. Magic Johnson, LeBron James, and now Zion Williamson. Skip, I do not see him as those guys. Do I think he can be good? Yes, but I don't see that. I'm sorry. Um, the outside shot is a set shot. It works if he's wide open. I mean, everybody keeps telling me that uh, Ben Simmons is going to develop a shot. I haven't seen it yet. Michael Carter-Williams was supposed to develop one of those. Michael Kidd-Grilkers. Now, I'm not saying they're as talented as Zion, but developing a shot is not as easily, oh, just, he could just develop that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if that was the case, he'd have done development. He'd be shooting pull-ups. Mm -hmm. But that's not what he is. So just keep him out the paint. I just don't see superstar skip. Do I believe he can be an all-star? Yeah, he can be an all-star. But that's, that's saying much in his rookie. I don't know if he'll be an all-star this rookie year. I went back and checked it out since 2000. There have only been two guys to make the uh, uh, all-star team as rookies. Blake Griffin. Ron was not one of them. He, thank you. Yep. Skip, Blake Griffin, but that's an asterisk because he was drafted in 09. He didn't play, and he made it in 2010 in Yao Ming. Okay. In one country, they have a quarter of the population of the world. Let's just say they may have stuffed the ballot box. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's what happened, yep. but there's a possibility. Mm -hmm. So for me, Skip, yes. He's going to have some highlight reel dunks. Mm -hmm. He'll probably block a shot like LeBron did in the Game 7 of the NBA Finals. He will do things that will grab your attention. Mm -hmm. But to be, and see, Skip, what I'm thinking, with the hype that this kid has, yep. he's got to be Magic Johnson. He has to be LeBron James because that's the kind of attention, that's the kind of hype is surrounding him. 
yet. You can't compare him to Magic as a basketball player, and you certainly can't compare him to LeBron as a basketball player, his skill set. Mm -hmm. Which is why I can't compare him to anybody. I have been covering this game, as you know, since the mid-1970s when I covered the Lakers pre-Magic Johnson. Mm -hmm. I've never seen anything like this kid. I see superstar. Unconventional, but superstar because he's not going to check all your boxes. He's going to check new boxes. L let's start with maybe his greatest attribute is how he plays defense. He's going to be a dominating defensive player in this league. He's going to make a career-long list of first-team all-defenses. He's going to win several Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's Draymond Green with about 40 or 50 more pounds and more explosion. <laughs> And he plays so hard every possession on defense that the league's never seen anything like that. Because for most NBA players, defense is a little bit of an afterthought. It's not that cool to play defense. He's 80, he's basically, in other words, you're saying he's an 80 pounds heavier Russell Westbrook. He is. Or or Draymond. Like Draymond's a defensive player, former yes. defensive player of the year. And they love Draymond and Golden State because he can switch all five. Right. If, if you want him to guard the center, he can try to guard the center. Right. He can't do it very well. Right. This kid can guard the center. This kid can guard the point guard. If he gets switched onto it, the point guard's going to have a hard time scoring on this guy because he is so side-to-side -side quick and he is so explosive as a leaper. He can bother shots. He can swoop. He can blindside block. He's going to dominate on defense because he plays with contagious energy unlike any I've ever seen. He plays with a consistent joy and passion. I've, I've never seen a kid play with every possession. Sometimes it's not cool to play with that much joy and passion, to look like you're having that much fun. Just not cool. It doesn't play well on social media. Hey, calm down. You know, okay. like, like you can't play like that, but he does. And he will bring that to pro basketball, and it will be difference-making for his basketball team. Go ahead. If you don't mind me asking. Okay, he's 285 pounds at mm -hmm. 19. What's his going, weight going to be at I don't 25? Know. I don't know. And if, you, if he gets injured and stays injured, you got me. If he can't find a, a new way to stay fit, you got me. For long-term health, you got me. But he needs to stay at 285. He can handle 285. He can't handle 325, right? And so if you get on... The NBA diet, the travel diet, and, and you start to oh, he goes straight to 325. Plank, okay, then then you, if you're going 325, you can't carry it because you're going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Something's your knees are going to go. Something's going to go. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. So you got me. But I'm going to I'm going to bet that he won't be that guy. Okay. That he'll stay at 285. And again, he's going to play a whole lot more games. So maybe the games will keep him in more shape than the college games right. kept him in. Then let's talk about clutch factor. Every time Duke needed a big basket. When R.J. wasn't getting to take the shot, I'm going to get to R.J. in just a moment because I believe that R.J. Hand handicapped Zion. I, I think we didn't get to see full-on Zion because R.J. was all, always in his way. Okay. And Coach K deferred to R.J. over Zion, and I never could figure out. And I'm not second-guessing. I first-guessed this the day after they lost to Michigan State. Every time I saw a clutch shot needed, and this goes back to the Gonzaga game or the, the Carolina game that we had a bet on, which was the ACC tournament game, or the Michigan State loss in the NCAAs. Every big shot that needed to be made, he made it. He's got clutch gene in him 
Just give him the ball and get out of his way, and he'll make something happen. He also is unselfish to a fault because he loves RJ. They're best buddies, right? So he would defer like crazy to RJ, as would Coach K, and I still don't get it. But that's just every big shot okay. was a tip in okay, or a dunk. A Okay, you got to create. You got to figure out how to score the basket at the time. He also made some key threes. And by the way, he made 34% of his threes. That's pretty good. I saw great mechanics. I saw fluid motion. Mm -hmm. I saw the ability with the right coach. I don't know who their who your shot doctor is there, but I don't know if Alvin can teach shooting. Maybe he can. But the point is. He's only going to get better and better. At, maybe it's a feet on the floor shooter, but that'll work in this league. If no, you can it won't. Make that three, yes, it nah, will. Nah. If you can jump out there and make that three and a bigs guarding you, that'll work. What is? You can explode. But here's by. the thing: what did he measure at? Six 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 seven seven six seven six seven two eighty five. Okay. He, so he's going to be under. He's an undersized four. Okay. So. When I try to compare him to somebody, I can't think of anybody. And then I saw a good piece on ESPN.com in which they said, well, we can't compare him to anybody except these five guys. It took five comparisons, right. and they started with the Draymond defensive right. comparison, except this guy weighs 50 more pounds than Draymond, right. and he's just, he just has – he plays with more defensive right. force. Right. And then we go to Ben Simmons in the open floor as a, as a passer and a creator. Well, this kid isn't quite the passer Ben Simmons is. Right. But he can really distribute, man. He threw some – he dropped dimes, man. Yeah. And in the open floor, he is more explosive than Ben said oh, yeah, ever thought about Ben. Yeah. Just if he gets it going downhill at you, yeah, yeah. oh, get oh, out yeah. of the way. Yeah. You're not taking that charge. Okay. Then we got Blake Griffin. Comparison is just playmaking athleticism, okay? Mm -hmm. I, I get that. But this kid is much better right here, right now, as a shot maker, even inside and outside, than Blake was. And I watched him for, for all his two years at Oklahoma. Right. So he's ahead of schedule right. on Blake Griffin. But I, I get the comparison. Then we go to Charles Barkley. As a relentless offensive rebounder, <laughs> Charles was at the top. Yes. Why did Charles relentlessly go after the basketball? Because he loved to score the basketball. And he found it, it's easier to score it if you go get a missed shot and then they're all out of position and you put it back, right? right. Yes. Okay. Did Charles ever think about playing defense? Not no. really. Okay. But I'll give you that comparison there. And then we finally get down to Julius Randle as a low-post left-handed scorer. Mm -hmm. Where you just lob it into him, and he just creates and over the yeah. shoulder, gets you on his shoulder. Okay, I see that. But, again, he, he weighs 35 more pounds than Julius Randle does. And Julius is a moose, man. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a big man. Well, we watched Skip. We watched okay. him against the Lakers. Yeah. And they had no one that okay. could do anything with Julius okay. Randle on the I block. I got it. I got it. I'm with you. But there's – these are all the comparisons. You have to add up all those five right. comparisons to get to this kid. And then I'm going to say it one more time. R.J. Barrett was obviously going into last basketball season the number one ranked mm -hmm. recruit and the number – he was projected as the number one pick If you could have came directly out of high school, R.J. Barrett would have been be, the first pick in the draft. He would be going to your team, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. If you couldn't see Zion play college well, who had the number one overall pick last year? Well, well, yeah, if you wanted to do it that way. Right. Yeah. Because he came agree. straight out of high – the yeah, Suns. The Suns, so, yeah. So it might okay, have been him be over DeAndre okay, there, there you go. That, that's exactly right. But why Coach K kept deferring to an RJ who is a ball stopper? He's like a Carmelo with no clutch gene because he missed big shot after shot down the stretch against Gonzaga. He missed five straight big shots. Yeah. Okay? I don't see the intangibles in RJ. I get it. He's a 6'8 slasher, and he's got lots of skill. He but can man, create his own shot, and your yeah. guy can't. Okay, I don't know about that. I give you RJ the ball at the top of the key or at the, at the half court, and he can go make a shot. Okay. Your guy need the ball on the block. Yeah, my guy can do things for the rest of the team that are off the charts. 
R.J. Barrett is ball stopper. You give it to him, and then everybody else has to watch. He's got some James Harden in him. Magic right? or LeBron? Yeah. Is that what he's going to be? Who? Zion. I just told you you can't compare him to those guys. Well, no, with the hype? All this hype? You're talking about him you, like you, he is? You mean in the impact? Yeah. His game doesn't compare. Yes, in the impact, yeah, the way they hyped him, the yeah, way they got him hyped. You remember what Steve Kerr said the day after he watched that opening game against Kentucky? He just watched one game on TV. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase the quote, but it's like, I thought LeBron was the last one we were going to see did. like that, and that this kid's got next, they right? Did. I'm being completely yes. impartial, yes, but sure. I totally agree with Skip. Thank you. Yeah. Completely 100%. impartial because she does not cover totally the Pelicans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Don't have does. my Pelican jewelry okay. on yeah. or okay. anything. All right. Jen Hale, 504. According to reports, Houston will aggressively pursue Jimmy Butler in free agency. Nick, would Jimmy Butler make the Rockets title contenders? All right, so I mentioned yesterday, much to the chagrin of many of people on the Internet, that I consider myself a bit of an amateur capologist. <laughs> but even uh, uh, anyone can look at the Rockets' cap sheet and say, okay, the <laughs> only way they can add Jimmy Butler is by subtracting either Chris Paul or Eric Gordon and someone else. They do not have the space mm -hmm. to just sign Jimmy Butler. So people need to understand. So Jimmy Butler's not going back to Houston for a hometown discount. But no. He's it, from the state it, of Texas. It's from Tomball, Texas, yeah. right north of Houston, about 45 minutes north of Houston. No, I mean, there is the only way you do this is if you are losing players on your roster, significant players on your roster. I. I don't think Jimmy Butler, and I know the Rockets last year tried to add him in a trade. Remember, they offered Eric Gordon reportedly four first-round picks to try to continue to just go for it, go for it, go for it. And I, I talked with Daryl Morey at length yesterday about a number of things. This didn't come up. That's probably my mistake. But at some point, my pal Daryl, I would think, is recognizes while you do want to add as many as he would put it, Team USA guys as possible, personalities do matter. And this would be another combustible, bullheaded, my way personality guy in a locker room that I don't know needs that right now. And so I don't know that he makes you good enough, given what you would have to subtract, given the potential added friction in the locker room. If I could swap him out for Chris Paul one for one at this point, would I do it? Yes, of course. Do I think that would make the Rockets better? I do. And I think they're already championship contenders as is. But I don't think that is going to be available. I think Chris Paul and Harden are going to be on the roster no matter what. And so then you add another guy, you lose kind of a steadying force in Eric Gordon. You potentially have to lose Clint Capella or at least you lose some bench pieces. I don't think P.J. Tuck Tucker is touchable. I do think he's somewhat untouchable because of the value he has for them. I just don't see how this works. I don't see how this fits. It's not the move I would anticipate Houston's going to try to make. And to me, Eric Gordon has made himself into a glue guy. Um, I know in some of the reports they had Eric Gordon at the end of the season. He was unhappy too because he had a good season, even in James Harden with all the isolation. So I don't believe Jimmy Butler is a good fit. It's like to me, if I was if I was having problems in my relationship, would I go to Jimmy Butler as a counselor? Yeah. Don't think so. But I think Jimmy Butler's opportunity is greater for a title in Philadelphia. Let's not forget the second round. They lose a buzzer beater to the world champs. 
in Kawhi. Like, they were in command of that series a couple times. And if he goes back there, his leadership, you could see Joel Embiid. You could see Ben Simmons. To me, this was the best fit to Jimmy Butler since the first time Jimmy Butler really came onto the national stage when he was there in Chicago. So, no, I believe he would be moving sideways or down because the roster in Houston, it has to be dismantled to be able to put him on the roster. Do, do you anticipate Jimmy Butler will go back to Philadelphia? Where, when you're looking at Jimmy Butler and the options that he has, the places that he may want to go to, who he will meet with, I, where, where do you think that... I think he Philly makes I think up. Philly makes a ton of sense, and I want to give Jimmy Butler credit because while he has been prickly in Chicago and Minnesota, he he's seen me on his best behavior in Philadelphia. He accepted his role yeah. willingly, mm -hmm. where all of a sudden, for the first time since he became Jimmy Butler, he had a much lessened offensive role, but he accepted his role of. I'm going to be leader defense through three quarters, try to take over in the fourth. And I thought he was really good in the playoffs. I Tobias Harris, to me, is the big question for Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is incentivized to keep him, and I think Butler's incentivized to stay. One thing you pointed out, too, when they were in the playoffs, remember Joel Embiid was sick, injured, didn't know what. Remember after the games, every press conference, Jimmy Butler sat next to Joel Embiid. And when you have that type of influence on the great player compared to going into the combustible situation that they have in Houston, why would Jimmy Butler do that? I know he might want to go back to Texas and be able to play basketball there. And yes, they do have championship aspirations. But in Philadelphia, where he is now, this point in his career, like even in Philadelphia, man, he can take several nights off, several quarters off with Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons is only going to get better. So I think staying where he is is a better fit for a championship aspirations than moving to Houston. And I don't think the Rockets are going to make major overhauls to the roster. They have all five starters under contract. I, one of the things I got very clearly, whether it, people can disagree with it, but from Daryl Morey and my long conversation with him yesterday is he does not think they are far away. He doesn't. He thinks that two years ago they were right there, and last year there is. These are not his words. These will be mine. But would last year be viewed differently if the exact same thing happened in Golden that happened this year against Golden State, but just happened around later? If they remember the final day of the season is you needed two near buzzer beaters and a 17-point comeback for the Rockets to end up on the same side of the bracket as Golden State. If they're the three seed and they lose to Golden State in the conference finals, and now we see that Golden State is not going to be the same version of themselves, are people as pessimistic about the Rockets seemingly about their hopes this season as they are right now? I think they get more criticism because it's more realistic. You're one round further, and Kevin Durant got hurt in that series. Yes. And what you saw from them, not only this year, but last year, games five, six, and seven. This year, games five, six, it, it's still the same thing. So, yes, Golden State, the NBA's coming back to the Golden State. They, they're coming back to the rest of the NBA. But really, how close is Houston when you got AD and LeBron that you're going to have to deal with? Is the Butler component a defensive thing, too? Let's say Jimmy Butler isn't the guy that goes there, but the small moves that Houston may need to make, do you think they need to be defensive-minded in the personnel that they bring the, in? The, the Rockets made a couple moves last year that were the wrong moves. They, they brought in Carmelo Anthony. That was the wrong move. Mm -hmm. Daryl sat here and said that. They also brought in Amon Shumpert. That did not work out. You bring in Amon Shumpert because, it, obviously, he does some of the things Jimmy Butler does, just not nearly as well. It is the same same type of player. So, yes, what they the 
I think they were smart not to overpay to keep Trevor Ariza, but that type of player is, of course, exactly what they need, what they were missing. And this year, they will have their exception. They'll have their starters back. And unlike last year, since they avoided the tax last year, they will go into the tax this year. They will. I, I can guarantee you that.